podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Thank you for choosing the Dine Local ST podcast. Visit DineLocalST.com for the latest in restaurant offerings. Here's your host, Nick Shinton. Hello and welcome, everybody, to the Dine Local San Diego podcast. This is the second week in September, and we're going to kick it off this week like we do every week with a farmer's market report. Uh, we've got a full podcast studio today. we got Joe Herman, Joe Buckschness, and also Nathan. Um, Evening. <laughs> Nathan Bockler, uh, the one of the former uh, guys in the farmer's market program. But like we do, we're going to start it off with Joe Herman. Joe, what has been happening in the farmer's market this week? Uh, this week, Nick. Uh, fall is peeking in, just sneaking its head in. We're starting to see lots of apples. We have uh, from Fairhills Farm. Uh, we have Honeycrisp, Gala, Cameos, Fujis, uh, even Quince from Terry Rance. Seen some of that. Also, hard squashes, uh, Honey Nut from Wiser, Sunchokes from Wiser. All the fall things are really coming in. And then the main thing we're seeing is pears, uh, Penryn Orchards. Uh, they have Kosui, Hosui, um, Chojuro. And so, those are, so those are all the first three you kind of ran off there. Those oh. are all Asian pears. Those are all the Asian pears. Yeah, the kosui, hosui, and so and they're like more of a rounder shape, not like your normal yeah, pear they're shape. Be, uh, pear. They're, they're they're a good, you know, fresh, juicy, watery pear, uh, speckled on the outside. Kind of some. They're all a little different. Even the yali pears, they're more of like they look like a Bartlett. Uh huh. Um, a lot of the Asian pears, you know, the chojuros, I mean, they taste like caramel. So like, with the Asians, the Asian varieties, do they come in first? Are they, is it kind of just a, a mix of what's coming in or? They all kind of came in at the same time. Okay. So, um, they, they all get be. aged in the cellar though, you know, at a lower temperature, cooler temperature, which. Well, so with I'm pears wrong. too, yeah. there's Asian pears as well as European pears, uh-huh. and the, you know, and the. Asian pears eat more like an apple, while the other, you know, European varieties can, are kind of that granular sometimes. Softer, you and you want velvety. to kind of wait till they're soft in order to eat them. Mm-hmm. Asian pears, you eat them just crisp. Yeah, kind of like a jicama texture almost. Right, yeah. exactly. Awesome. Right. Sounds- now the aging though, does that that affects the texture? Correct. Texture as well as sugar. So you sugar. kind of you okay. pick yeah. them and then you kind of just put them in a controlled temperature for a while and that that really develops the flavors of them some of these asian pears too you're talking like baking spices nutmeg allspice i mean there's some Just really yeah. hints of different flavors in vanilla mm-hmm. and that all happens through that aging process and then yeah. the ripening Correct. process how long does that is you know when were these pears that we're getting now when were they harvested I uh, mean, two weeks ago he's kind of saying exactly yeah, yeah. Right. so so two but, weeks shelving period, let them ripen yeah. up, sugars develop. And then they'll last, you know, in the right conditions for several months, obviously, as mm, well. Great like storage fruit. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that pears are something, yeah. something that's really exciting. You can bake with them. They go savory. Right. You can go sweet with them. Uh, really awesome. Yeah, we have a those. great all-around pear, the Warren pear from Frog Hollow. Uh-huh. That's, you know, for fresh applications or baking, and that's, like, totally loaded up with Lots of spice notes. I mean, it tastes like clove, the ones we have Really in now. buttery. Yeah. Great texture. You eat it a little more on the firm side as well. It works, I think, well. Either you can kind of poach it, eat it raw, grill it. It's really just like an all-around superstar with the pears. Yeah, it sounds like pears are definitely one of the things that you want to grab while you can, uh, especially as they started coming in now. What a way to kick off fall. I heard you mention too quince, which is like seems a little bit early for those, yeah, but that's from, I know Terry Farms, those things are just phenomenal. Absolutely, absolutely. phenomenal. Yeah, the, 
slow baked in like even like a crock pot or something mm-hmm. peeled they turn from you know uh, almost rose tinted you know they get from like that whiteness to huh. just like as they start cooking down the sugars and everything develop and it re- just turns to a pinkish hue excellent excellent quinces yeah they're great they're the pineapple quince uh, she said they're two months early yeah she well says, that sounds early to yeah, me but they're ready and she's picking them Oh, super exciting. Lots of different fall stuff coming in. Uh, also with us in the podcast today, we have Joe Buckschness. Now, Joe, you've been out on the trucks selling some farm fresh produce directly to the chefs. Yes. Uh, what have you been selling this week, Joe? Uh, so, you know, as Joe and Nate mentioned, you know, fall is here. So it's time to honor those ingredients and hard squashes, you know, apples, pears, uh, root vegetables, braising greens, stuff along those lines. And what I'm talking about tonight is going to be a honey nut squash. It's a smaller kind of heirloom butternut squash hybrid from Wiser. Uh, small in size, kind of single portion, but what Matt does, he's the owner-operator at Tribute. Tribute Pizza, and Tribute that's Pizza over in North Park. Park. It took, you know, I have I delivered there a couple times, and it took me forever to find it. It is the old post office <laughs> yes. building yes. that they have, Great and it's still labeled post office. Correct. Uh, but what a cool space on yes. the inside, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, extremely casual, wood-fired oven, so Matt throws them in there. Um, you know, small, little, Beautiful cup of butternut squash soup or honey nut squash soup, um, you know, finished with some uh, infused olive oil with Albertina olive oil, uh, I believe garlic and rosemary as well, and crispy shallots. Yeah. But um, he's, and I, I want to say, you know, this and kind of like the broad spectrum of things, owner, operator, creative genius, and he's there every night of the week. Yeah. And a phenomenal um, chef. I've had the uh, the pleasure of having a couple awesome uh, conversations with uh, Chef. Actually, when I went out on the farmer's market truck with you, uh, Joe Herman, uh, that was my first time getting to meet uh, Chef Matt. And talk about a guy who's truly passionate about what he does. Um, you know, we, we I was talking to him about one of his signature pies, and he literally spent 10 minutes going off on, <laughs> like, where he sources his sausage, where he sources his flour, just everything, every little bit. You know, the guy truly has some passion. It's really reflective in both how cool that space is yes. and the food that he's putting out. And Honey Nut Squash, I know, definitely one of my favorites. A yes. uh, little bit smaller, than, but kind of looking like a butternut. Super cool that he's using that. Nice and and he, sweet is he doing any pizzas with some fall ingredients? Um. I believe so. I'm going to pass it over to Joe Herman. Oh, I just wanted to bring here. it back around to the honey nut squash soup. I was fortunate enough to have that last night. Like, oh, yeah. And it so was, you went it was, you, man. It was phenomenal. It was great. I mean, it has a, like a French onion soup thing Ooh, going on. Like, it tasted like there's a lot of caramelized onions in there. Well, but, the, 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 the honey nut, that has like a little bit darker flesh than, than a normal butternut. And is, it, yeah. is that darkness representative of a little bit more sweeter or caramel notes? Or is it... Am I way off? <laughs> no, those I honey mean, it could nuts, be the sugar. Yeah. The high sugar. Yeah. High sugar content. I don't know in comparison with a regular butternut squash, but I mean, I know these are quite sweet. So the egg, accentuating the sweet part mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. caramelized onion kind of yeah. flavor, that sounds awesome. It was one of the best cups of soup I've ever had. <laughs> Hands down, it was. I was like, yeah. you know. Matt's a genius, truly. Well, that sounds really great, guys. Uh, well, thank you, everybody, so much for uh, contributing to this farmer's market uh, report for the second week here in September. Coming up in just a second, we're going to have Monica Castillo. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. All right, everybody, check your watches because I'm pretty sure it's 5 o'clock somewhere. That's going to be the name of our segment that we're going to have Monica Castillo kind of run, and she's going to be taking a look at happy hour menus and offerings across San Diego. Monica, where did you get to go this week? Well, this week I headed up to Hillcrest area right off Fifth Avenue, um, Barrio Star. 
Barrio Star. Really eclectic. Um, it's modern Mexican cuisine. It's with twists. I mean, they're margaritas. They have a roasted jalapeno one, and it is to die for. It's not too spicy. Um, the flavors are great, and they offer probably three to four um, different ones from blood orange to, um, like I said, the roasted black um, blackberry margarita. But their tacos are where it's at. Tacos are. And so what's cool about them, I think, is that, you know we've kind of had this taco revolution in the last like three or four years where tacos have become really cool again. Yeah. But Barrio Star has been serving this this inspired Mexican soul food for several, several years ago. I think the first time I've been to th- there was over 10 years ago and um, had an amazing, unique taco. So let's, let's talk a little bit more yeah. about what else is on that happy hour menu. Same. And I went there probably five, six years ago when the, when I first started at Specialty, and I fell in love um, from even the chicken wings. But their tacos, a great price, too. It's 3 to $4. And you have um, vegan options as well, and you have soy riso, and you have fish and garnitas. But my favorite definitely has to be the potato taco. And potato taco, <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes, which I was – I was like, okay, let me try it the first time. I never had it. And honestly, the flavors are great. You're not just getting the potato. You're getting, you know, good quality produce, obviously. But it's roasted. It's, you know, it's perfected. And it's amazing. It's good quality. And that's available on the Happy Hour menu. That's available on the Happy Hour. So tacos are a big thing going there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we got margarita specials. And when is that Happy Hour? So the Happy Hour is from 3 to 6 every single day. 3 to 6 every single Mm -hmm. day. And they also do a Taco Tuesday? They also do a Taco Tuesday. And that is from 1130 to close. So that's great. I mean, they they open. They don't open very early in the morning. So you're getting them from when they open to they close all day. And it's fun. It's like I said, inside, it's very eclectic. Um, from the paintings on the wall to the floor to the tables, everything in there is a sight to see. But the food is just, it's top notch. I love it. Authentic, delicious yeah. flavor. Delicious flavors, unique applications. Sounds really good. That is, again, Barrio Star. They are up on Fifth Avenue right across from Balboa Park, kind of where Bankers Hill ends and Hillcrest begins. Exactly. What a great spot of town. Delicious tacos. Thank you, Monica. Yeah, no problem. All right. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Nick. All right, guys, welcome back. This is the main ingredient, the main course, the moment you've all been waiting waiting for our chef interview. Uh, this week, we've got in Chef Colton Lemur of Gaslamp Union Kitchen and Tap down on Fifth Street in the heart of the Gaslamp, right down near the stadium. Uh, an amazing gastro pub, huge outdoor patio space. Uh, live music events, just two bars that are always packed, always happening in there. Chef Colton, welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be here today. So we want to talk a little bit about your menu this week. When mm-hmm. I think of Gastropub, um, the first thing that comes to head to my mind are old world preservation techniques. Uh, you know, I, and when I go into your restaurant, I see smoked things, I see cured things, I see pickled things. Uh, you know, you're really employing all of those old school techniques. You want to talk a little bit about one of those? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I grew up in the Midwest, and like a lot of us, you had this giant freezer that you kept everything in, and you know, you'd get amazing produce all all spring, all summer, even into the fall, but come winter, you're dead. Yeah. You know, there's nothing going on. So that's where I started, you know, smoking things, curing things, pickling things, because it was just what everybody in my family did to keep food. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoy doing that. So when I think of American comfort food, that's the same thing. Like gastro pub, you should have a bunch of fun things on there. Like, uh, right now I am, uh, we smoke chicken for our flatbreads. I have a smoked rib that we're doing for the football menu now. Mm-hmm. Uh, always, random pickled things on our charcuterie board charcuterie board rotates changes out 
uh, one staple that we always have is pickled okra. Pickled okra. Now, yeah. that's okay. So I'm really intrigued by that. For for me, okra is one of those things where whenever you cook, gets gummy, kind of slimy, yep. but yet pickling is going to do like the complete opposite of yeah, that to the texture. Pulls make... all that slime out of it, kind of softens it up a little bit. Uh-huh. There are always two ways that I've done it with okra. Like that, that sliminess that you get is one of the fun things about it. That's why we always have it at the restaurant is we do gumbo. Puts the gum in gumbo. Exactly. Yep. So, you know, it kind of thickens it and makes it a little bit gooier and everything. Sure. Um, so when you eat, uh, pickle it, you're cooking it at a somewhat relatively low temperature for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. And that kind of just pulls that sliminess off of it. You do the same thing by roasting, but then you're going to start to get over into like a, a crispy texture at the end. Whereas yeah. when you're pickling it, you're just going to get that beautiful, fresh okra. firmness snap yeah. to it. Yeah. yeah. It still snaps, still has flavor and uh, texture to it, but then you add a little bit of vinegar is all. Awesome. Well, I know in a couple of weeks here, uh, September generally is, I guess, one of the little bits, the time where people are back to school, a lot of things going on. And what we do in the restaurant industry here is we have restaurant week. Uh, and restaurant week is really to get people back out to the restaurants uh, here in September after they've gotten their kids all the way to school and everything. And I know you guys always kill it during restaurant week. Uh, what are you serving this year? Uh, so some of the classics that we bring back every year, I mean, we're obviously going to offer a shrimp grits and gumbo for anybody who's new to our shrimp, restaurant grits and gumbo, shrimp and grits and gumbo. And so those are, those are two staples that are those always are on your menu, two staples that are always on our menu, both for lunch and dinner and including brunch even. And then we have options during brunch to add an egg to the shrimp and grits. And these aren't quick grits. They no, are, these are Anson Mills, slow grits, um, stone ground, stone ground, horse. fresh milled. Uh, super coarse, and then we just added some uh, white cheddar to it. Yeah, and how long do you cook those grits for? I mean, it takes you now forty-five minutes. Yeah, with yeah. slow stirring, and yep. you just, I mean, just you got one guy that's walking back there every five minutes, stirring this giant pot of grits, and like, all right, cool, that'll be good for a couple of days. That's great. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you, when you talk about grits, uh, mm-hmm. shrimp and grits, I mean, I'm from the south a little bit myself, mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons I take. Uh, a lot of interest in your menu because I see mm-hmm. these these southern influences, I see these Midwest influences, these mm-hmm. old school techniques that you're employing, uh, and just really great execution. Sound, mm-hmm. I mean, um, shrimp and grits, what a treat! On, I know uh, it on, really is, and like that was one thing is I've always liked shrimp and grits, and mm-hmm. you know I've had grits for breakfast. You get sweet grits, you get shrimp and grits, or anything, any of the varieties of that. And when I first moved out here to San Diego, I was really excited to see it on people's menus. Yeah, until I started eating it, I'm like. That's not right. This tastes like polenta. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, well, people in San Diego don't really like grits. How do you know? Like, put it on the menu and you'll find out. And do it right. Yeah, Cook exactly. it for a long time. And, yep. Like, and get if, a big... if you treat it right, it's going to be great. Yeah. But, yeah, if you're looking for a quick way out, it's this tastes like polenta. And so we already hit on gumbo. You're mm-hmm. also serving gumbo for the, yep. the restaurant, restaurant week, week well. lunch. Um, a couple things coming on uh, it, new this year. We're playing around with a... Uh, a uh, new dessert. Okay. It's going to be a play on a strawberry rhubarb pie. And you do your desserts, don't you? Yes, I do. Because yep. I've noticed, I've, that's, when, back when I was in a kitchen, one uh-huh. of the things I was deathly scared of was yeah. sugar, flour, anything yep. to do with the pastry department. So it was it was the same with me. Like, uh-huh. I absolutely hated it. Never had any reason for it. Never had a passion for it. Never enjoyed it. It scared me. I yeah. never liked it. Um, So I eventually just started challenging myself for it. I'm like going, okay, cool. Well, Let's at least come up with one dessert that you can do if somebody asks you to make a dessert. Yeah. And then it slowly built and built and built. And like, okay, cool. Now I have all these super basic techniques for desserts. 
but now it's just employing them in different ways to try to see like what can I do that's at least fun. I mean, that's what it, being a chef's all about, exactly, right? Yeah. You know, you learn one technique that's a part of this other plate, but then yeah. that technique, you're like, man, that's how I, I love treating corn. Everything. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that is my new way. I'm going to treat corn, and I'm going to do it a different way in this dish. Yep. But that sounds awesome, man. Yeah. Uh, so you're doing lunch and dinner. Lunch and dinner. So lunch is $20 a person. They get mm-hmm. two courses Yeah. Uh, with an option for a $6 additional to add a dessert. Okay. And then we also have uh, beer and wine pairings beer? for every dish. Beer and wine pairings for yes. every dish. That's Our something really cool. Ones, yeah. That, that's awesome. That, yeah. So you're get, really getting a full dining experience. Exactly. Like, you know, week. when we're looking at restaurant week, we really wanted as a way to like – downtown doesn't really have regulars yeah. trying to get more people to like come back hang out downtown actually go to your restaurant don't be scared of the tourists because guess what it's fall and winter they're going to be leaving yeah and and again going back to the, the your style of food this mm-hmm. the super uh again gastropub centric but just mm-hmm. delicious stuff and everything is grounded but yet still unique and creative mm-hmm. what an awesome treat um Everybody, please go out. If you haven't been down the Gaslamp Union Kitchen and Tap to try this, Restaurant Week's a perfect opportunity for you. Absolutely. All right. Chef, thank you so much for coming no by today. Thank anything you. else you want to talk about real quick? or I mean, no. Anything coming come, up for uh, you? Come check us out. I mean, we have a football menu that just launched. Um, and then we are the Cowboys Bar and the Clemson Bar right now. Oh, that's Cowboys Bar. Huh. I know. It's slightly uh, unfortunate, huh. but hey, you know what? It's still fun. Come out every Sunday and uh, hang out with a bunch of hooting and hollering people. And you're doing a little bit of a different bar menu for football games and stuff yes. like that? Yep. So during football games, we're running uh, three different food menus and some uh, drink specials as well. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, can we, are the, did the Chicharrones make the it? The Chicharrones made it on the football menu. Oh, yeah. my God. So that is uh, house Chicharrones. We uh, simmer them for about two and a half hours so the pork skins are nice and soft dehydrate for another two hours and then flash fry so they puff up super big right to order uh-huh. and it's served with a oaxacan beer cheese dip and guacamole dude that yeah, insane yeah and so I, right as he was developing this i got random he put it on instagram and as he posted it like literally i was around the corner with a delivery for him and i walked right in and that plate where was are still the chicharrones sit- yeah i was like where are they and man i'm telling you they're better than local authentic i mean oh yeah they were incredibly i like like my chicharrones you know like so i did research on it and ate 16 different companies worth (laughs) yeah okay so there like there was no like sometimes they get overly chewy or overly Mm -hmm. crispy dude these were like completely perfect like uh, we played around a few different ways and really found the one that worked uh one thing that was kind of weird that we found really made a difference in like that chewiness yeah was actually we started storing them in the walk-in cooler okay they were just stored at room temp because there's nothing left in them. They're completely rendered out. They're sure. totally fine. But uh, when they go from being cold right into the fryer, they puff up insanely fast, and then you don't have any chewiness behind it at all. So we're like, all right, cool. So, Keep uh, them cold. Man, <laughs> they're delicious. With Oaxacan beer cheese and guacamole. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I personally hate the Cowboys, uh, but I might have to I'm, stop I'm by. Just to, fan, I could man, come in there, you. boo them, and uh, try, oh, please, try Please that. don't boo them. There are, <laughs> there are a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, maybe I won't do that. All right, Chef, thank you so much for coming in today. What an awesome time. Appreciate you so much. Thank Uh, you, guys. Thank you, guys. And that's going to wrap it up for this week of the Dine Local Podcast, Episode 2, the second week here in September. Tune in next week. We're going to be doing a full preview for Restaurant Week uh, with all the information where you can go make your reservations and everything good like that. So, guys, tune in for that. See you soon.
The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.